Hello, this is Wesley Fryer, and this is a recording of Computers in the Classroom on Monday, the 30th of August, 2010, at 11 a.m. This is Section 001, our first class period. Good morning. Welcome to Computers in the Classroom. My name is Wes Fryer, and I am I'm delighted to be here. Now, how many of you have to be here? Like everyone, right? So uh, it's obviously, well, not, not obviously, but sometimes it's more fun to be in classes that we have to be in, than, or that we want to be in, than we have to be in. But I hope this is going to be a rewarding and a fun uh, class for us this semester. And today, in the interest of being green, I've read your signs. It says green, we mean it, or something like that, right? I've just printed one page. But uh, this document, if you'll look at the top, has our course website listed. And you are welcome to, if you would like, to on your computer to open up one of the web browsers. And if you want to follow along, our plan today is going to basically be to introduce the course, talk a little bit about a concept that some people call digital footprints, which are the footprints we leave all over the web as we're on Facebook and we're on YouTube and we're on um, different websites and how that impacts us as educators. And then we're going to get everybody into the blog site that we're going to be using to do some reflections this semester. So it's my auspicious uh, goal for the next hour and 20 minutes. Um, I am going to record to the best of my ability every session that we have because I know that things will come up in the course of the semester and I'm not so full of myself that I think you'll really want to hear me you know, talk for an hour and 20 minutes and we're not going to be having lecture an hour and 20 minutes every class. Every single time I'm going to build in an activity that we're going to be doing that you'll be able to at least partially complete during class. So if uh, you happen to see me though not having this little red thing around my neck, you might say, hey, Wes, do you need to record this? And I don't know whether or not that will prove to be beneficial, but last semester in the classes that I took, I had uh, students that, um, you know, ended up being called up to deploy back to uh, Iraq. I had, you know, family emergencies that happened. There's all kinds of stuff that takes place. So we'll do our best to provide you with the opportunity to want to come to class and be here face-to-face, but um, also We'll provide you with uh, resources for the times that we're not here face-to-face. If you pull up the website that uh, I've got linked there, you actually, before I even get into the syllabus, let me, let me just do a little bit of introduction. Who thinks they drove the furthest uh, this summer? Who took a long trip in the car? Anybody? Where, where was the longest trip? Where'd you go? To Florida? So was that from here in Denton, or where's home? Uh, Waco. Waco. So what's, like, how many hours is that about Waco to Florida? 15 hours? Did you? Oh, it was. Okay, so did you do it one day and just like straight shot? Okay, so you didn't have to like break it up into a couple days. But that's a long trip. Anybody else take a long trip? To the middle of Colorado. Where specifically in Colorado? Yeah, and. Yeah, and uh, so. So, uh, yeah, I went to Buena Vista actually this summer. Did you go rafting when you were there? No, I just went. Cool. That is beautiful. Really, I've never been to the hot springs there. Welcome. We've got two more uh, seats there. Uh, I do this one. So, how many hours was that? Okay. And anybody else? About 14. So, spring break, we went to 
San Diego. And I actually have lived in Lubbock, Texas for 14 years, but the last four years I've lived in Oklahoma. I actually left Oklahoma City this morning at 6. So uh, I'm going to be driving down and spending Monday and Tuesday nights here um, to teach our class and then get my my dissertation uh, finished, which I've needed to get done for several years. But Oklahoma to uh, San Diego, as you can see, according to Google Maps, is about 21 hours. And we don't have a lot of experience at the beach. You, who said they went to Florida? You went to uh, Florida. Had you been there before? Yeah. How many people have had a beach experience, ocean experience? Okay, good thing to do, right? takes a while to get there when you live in the middle of the country, but it's a good thing to do. So what do you think um, a family of five with kids about this age, my youngest is now starting first grade, my middle daughter is in fifth grade, and my son is in seventh grade, um, this was actually summer before last when we were in Hawaii. But what do you think we do uh, immediately as soon as we could, you know, get to um, a place where there's the ocean? What's that? Eat. <laughs> yeah. Actually, even before eating, we went to um, we went to the to the water. Now. It just so happened that when we got there, and this is spring break this year, my father-in-law called me and said, hey, have you, you know, gotten there safely? And I happened to have a program on my iPhone called Ustream Mobile. Um, has anybody heard of Ustream before? So it's a website that allows you to see live webcasts. But the amazing thing is, with this kind of uh, application, you can actually broadcast live anywhere that you have an Internet connection. And in rural Oklahoma or rural West Texas, that's not going to be a fast connection. But in San Diego, California, in Denton, Texas, it's fast. So what ended up happening... I'm going to see if I can turn down our volume because I don't want to blast this out here. My purpose is really not to have you hear all the dialogue. But my father-in-law, who is at their retirement community there in Oklahoma City, I said, hey, are you on your computer? Go to this website. And I gave him the website. And then live, he watched my kids, two of whom really had no memories at all of being in the ocean for the first time, you know, when they're in the waves. And yeah, I'm not going to subject you to this whole thing, but here in a little bit, my uh, youngest child, who's now six, lost her flip-flop, and it gets sucked out into the, you know, surf, and it's all traumatic, and it comes back. But isn't that unbelievable? Isn't that incredible? How many of you have talked to somebody um, over the Internet using a program called Skype or some other kind of program. Look around the room, hands and side. Okay, so that's about a third to a half of us. Anybody talk to somebody in a foreign country with Skype? Where did you call? To Pakistan? To where? Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Wow. Scotland? France? That's amazing. When I was a few years ago in... Honkawa, Oklahoma, which is right off of 35, I was uh, giving a presentation about video conferencing, and the superintendent said, yeah, we talk to my son in Germany every weekend. He's on a mission there, and we talk over Skype for free. So even if um, we are, you know, in, in remote parts of, of the country or the world, now with the connection to the Internet, we have this opportunity to be able to be connected to our family and to be able to be connected to our friends. And one of the contentions that I have as, as your instructor for this course, and that I hope you're going to walk away from, is that the power and excitement and um, learning that can take place using technology, hello, come on in, 
um, that we experience in our personal lives is something that we should also be experiencing in school. And for a lot of reasons, there's a lot of fear in schools and a lot of reasons why we don't always, you know, have this positive experience with technology. But anyway, that's just a little bit of an introduction um, to me. Um, on our website, I'm going to go through our syllabus, but um, is it good? Okay, feel free to be in the front row. You just have to come down here. You're like, oh, some people will choose to be in the front. That's you know, just like church. It's usually not the first place people are going to choose. So um, on our homepage, when you go to, um, actually, if you just, when you put in that, the first website, wiki.powerfulingredients.com, I, along with uh, a friend of mine, own that domain, powerfulingredients.com. And this is where I put curriculum for uh, the courses that I teach, which to a degree are going to draw on the um, content of the book that we're actually writing this semester and hope to finish up. So our link is this first one that says class, uh, Computers in the Classroom. And at the top of each one of our pages, I've got these four links to go to our schedule, our assignments, our resources, and our syllabus. Um, I'm not going to bore you with lots and lots of you know, information about myself, but here um, today we're going to be talking about digital footprint and um, certainly, if you simply go to Google, how many of you have Googled yourself, like in the last month or so? So that's a good idea to do, right? And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. If you just Google my name, um, you're going to find, you know, several different websites uh, that I've created and that are about me. The first is my blog. The third link I've also provided for you on the website, which is um, a biography page that, that's, you know, about me professionally. But um, this idea of needing to take charge of our digital footprint is something that we're going to talk about today. We need to take attendance, and so the way that we're going to take attendance this semester is I'm going to use a website called polleverywhere.com and allow you to either vote with your cell phone or to uh, vote, to check in with your cell phone or to check in with your computer. Now, since we are and I'll, I'm going to give you this link here in just a minute. Since we are all here in our computer lab and all have access to a computer, it's going to be easiest for us to probably just vote with a link. But um, the website where every single resource is going to come from this, this whole semester is that one um, that I, that's on your syllabus. Um, so, And this is probably the only piece of paper I will give you all semester. Um, and I will not ask of you any, for you to give me any paper. Everything we do in this class will be turned in electronically. Um, but it's good to have, to have that link. So what, I'm, what I need to do right now is share a link with all uh, 24 of you, and it's going to be a link to just do our attendance. So, oh, and I'm sure no one's ever had this happen before. By the way, do you know why it's dangerous to put your password in in front of the class? Well, does everyone use a different password for all the websites that you use? That's good. If you do, that's awesome. Uh, that's the secure thing to do. Um, you just need to be real careful that you're in the password field when you uh, type your password, because if you're not, then it's possible for other people to see your password, and a lot of people end up using the same password on more than one site, and so that can cause some problems. 
So this is a website called Poll Everywhere that allows me to create polls, and I'm just going to demonstrate this, and we're going to use it this semester as a way to take attendance. And so um, it lets me create a couple different kinds of polls. In this case, I'm going to create a free text poll, and it's just going to be for you to check in. And this logs the date and time for when, um, when we check in. So we're going to say this is Peter's in the Classroom Attendance, and today is 30 August 2010. So I'm going to save this new poll. And it's going to create it. And it's going to allow us to vote if we want to with our cell phones. And it's also going to let us um, vote with our computer. So what I'm going to do is first give a link to make it um, pretty easy for you to just vote on the web. And in order to vote on the web, you're going to go to this very, very long address. And one of the things I'm going to model for you this semester is I believe all of us as teachers need to use a website as a portal to get to everything else. In other words, the last thing I want you to do is to, is to waste your time trying to write down this long web address, you know, and get it just right. So everything we're going to do is going to link from our course website. So what I'm going to add to our website for today is going to be our attendance link. And because I created this site, this is one of several things that you'll learn how to do this semester, I can edit this. I can add a link here. And I'm going to do that by simply typing the words attendance. And I'm going to make this word a link. So instead of linking to a page that I've created on the site, I'm just going to link to this Poll Everywhere page. And that is now available. So let's figure out how to get there if, if we are kind of getting there from scratch. If you uh, are on our home page, or if you put in wiki.powerfulingredients.com and click Computers in the Classroom, you can click the Reload button or the Refresh button that's at the top, and you're going to see the new version of this, okay, which says Attendance. And when you click that link, that should take you to the Poll Everywhere page that is going to allow you to put in your first and last name and click Submit Response. Now... I'm going to go back to this page, and I'm going to make this full screen because we're going to see our names kind of come in here. They're going to, they're going to drop in. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and just for grins um, vote with my cell phone just to show you this. Are any of you from a town or do you know a school right now where every student in certain grades has a laptop? Is anybody in that situation? What, what is the um, city or town where that is? Wow, so second graders do. Is it in Irving or it wouldn't be in? Okay. Okay. In Irving, right. And Irving has been doing laptop projects for over 10 years, I think. They're one of our first districts in Texas to start that. Northwest ISD. And is that here in the metro area? In Justin, Texas. Do you know what grades they? It's all high school. All high school? Okay. So, anybody else? Playing Cypress, 15 months away from Houston. They go to juniors for a year. 
Okay. Is it only the junior year? They have it both junior and senior. Junior year. Okay. Anybody else? In Oklahoma, we have only had five districts of 535 having laptops for kids. This year, in this semester, there are 19 more that are doing it. What I'm trying to say is it's pretty rare. You might already know that. But it's pretty rare for everybody to have a laptop. But how about a cell phone? How many of you brought a cell phone today? Okay. I am not going to require you to use a cell phone. I'm also not going to encourage you to do things that will get you in trouble in your school district. Okay? In some school districts where, you know, we find, I was just in Canyon, Texas two weeks ago, and students are fined $15 each time they have their cell phone out in class. So, anybody else have a, heard of a situation similar to that? The law permits in Texas those kinds of fines. There's just different ways that we handle cell phones. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, using our, our technology. I'm a big believer that we just need to learn how to appropriately use it. You might have seen me take a phone call five minutes before class started. I went outside, took the call. Um, if class doesn't start, obviously it's, our, it's, it's all of our time. Um, if you've got an emergency and those sometimes happen, um, go ahead and take your phone call. You know, be as discreet as you can and as undisruptive and, you know, take it outside. Um, but life happens and just, you know, as we are in college, even when we're in school, think, things are going to happen and we're going to need to take care of them. So um, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to the syllabus. Um, how many of you, by a show of hands, were able to vote? Okay, or vote. Put it put in your name. All right. Um, if you wanted to do your cell phone, it gives you a code up here, which is kind of hard to see. Um, but it says to send the message to 22333. So what I'm going to do is put in 22333. That's who I'm sending it to instead of a phone number. And then I'm going to text the code plus my answer. So I'm going to put 12196. And then I'm going to put my name next. Why would this be a bit of a dangerous thing to do with students if you were going to have this open like this for them all to see? <laughs> well, they could possibly stay at home and, and do the assignment. Oh, there I am. Um, what else can you think of? Of course, type someone's name. Or how about just type something inappropriate or distracting, right? This is an open text poll. So um, would the fact that I tell you your phone number can be logged by the system make any difference in that? Maybe. I think I actually have to pay money in order to see what people's numbers are. Um, so I don't think I can see your number. But... These are all different things to talk about and to think about, right? Because uh, technology is really disruptive. You and I grew up going to school in a, in a very traditional format, uh, more than likely. Although, does anybody homeschool? Anybody grow up homeschool? For how, how many grades or what grades? Really? Wow. So now this might be a shock to the system. <laughs> um, has college been, a, been um, an adjustment as far as getting used to that? Lots of homeschool folks, you know, are, are at the top of the scores in terms of adjusting to, to college. But we are um, used to this, you know, teacher up front or in the back uh, or in, in the class listening to them. So technology is very disruptive. You haven't had a chance in probably too many classes, you know, to be able to be at your seat and then get something on the screen. That, that's a different sort of situation. So we will use Poll Everywhere most likely to take attendance each week. And so I'll go ahead and set that up in advance in the future. But I wanted to go ahead and show you how that works. And um, there are different ways that I can take a look at these results since this is the poll that I've created. 
Um, so here's everybody's responses. And if I would like to um, download this, you'll notice that it has the date and time when everybody's uh, information came in. I can uh, download a spreadsheet. And so I can just say download, and then it's going to open up in Excel so that I've got a record of all 25 of our names. There's 26 rows because that first one's the header column. That, but I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty good to be able to do. So we're going to talk about surveys and polls and different things like that, but we'll actually use this one um, in order to um, take, our, uh, take our attendance. Um, let me let you give, give you a second to introduce yourself to your neighbor. You may not have done that before when you came in. Uh, this, it is actually, for me, really hard to teach in this environment because we're all, I mean, you're usually in rows and desks, but there's not really any way to, you know, circle around and be in a group. You kind of can turn a little bit here. Um, but my background is an elementary teacher. How many of you are going to be elementary teachers? Okay, how many are going to be middle school or high school? Possibly. My certification is one through eight in Texas. Um, so I still teach fifth grade Sunday school. I've taught, um, you know, different grades at different times, but fourth grade is where I started and done the most. So it's, um, it's hard to, anyway, not have sort of the sterile, we're all separated and just plugged into our terminal sort of feel when we're here in the computer lab. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to use a timer. This is one of my favorite timers to use because it's just web-based and I don't have to have any special software installed on my computer. I can just simply go to it. It's online-stopwatch.com. Uh, and it has a little bell that will ring when we're done. So I'm going to give you a minute to introduce yourself to your neighbor and have them introduce themselves to you. And I want you to tell them one thing professional about your aspirations for teaching and life and then one personal thing. Uh, you have 60 seconds. Go. I'll talk with you. <laughs> Let's see. I grew up in Kansas. That's where my hometown is. And I hope to finish my doctorate semester. That's my aspiration. And I'm Wes. You're what? I'm Wes. Oh, I'm Megan. Uh, I grew up in Archer City, which is teeny tiny up north. And, uh, what's, the, what's the name of it? Archer City. Archer City? I graduated with 40 people. Oh, wow. Is yeah. it in the Panhandle, or is it more like north it's, of Dallas? It's literally just like right north of here. Uh -huh. Like it's like an hour north of here. Okay. And uh, one thing an aspiration? Yeah, just something professional about your teaching, what you want to teach, or uh, something about your goals. I want to teach kindergarten, but I kind of want to get my master's in development. Oh, okay. But I'm not sure. Okay. Kindergarten is great. I think kindergarten teachers have a lot of a lot of things still figured out that sometimes we forget later in life about active learning. Okay. So there's the bell. So that's an example of a tool and a resource that I'll use. Um, not everyone is, we don't have a smart board or a Promethean board in this room, a whiteboard. Not every classroom does. Not every classroom has a projector. We're all going to go into different environments and situations. I hope that we'll all be in schools where at some grade level there are laptops available in the next five to ten years. I don't know whether that will happen in all our schools or not. Um, but I'm going to end up using some of these different uh, tools to, to try and model 
inst instruction that uses technology with you. Um, and then sometimes that will be a formal part of, of our, our lesson for the day. So um, we're going to talk about our syllabus, and we're going to um, t try to get everybody set up on our, our class blog. But before we do that, um, the other thing that I'm thinking I'm going to do at the, at the start of, of each uh, class session is just share a quick little application, and one that's relevant, that could be relevant for you right now, or it might be relevant later down the road. So how many of you have your own computer uh, right now that you have to use? So you are welcome if you would like to bring your computer to class. Um, I have my own. In fact, I had to pull it out real quick to um, check my, my calendar. You're welcome to use that in class if you want to. Um, your computer will be here, and it will have the software installed and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's up to you. How many of you have heard of this program called Evernote? Have I heard of this? Okay. So there's there are different... Um, ways that we can take notes, but it's always limiting, <laughs> in fact, this is limiting. Here's, here's notes that I took. I was listening to some podcasts when I was coming down uh, Thursday last week and then today as well. Uh, what's limiting about putting my notes here on this page? Run out of space. That's right. And I almost am. And this one, I was trying to look around for another uh, pad of paper before I left home and I couldn't find one. What else is limiting about this? Yeah? It's, well, and just writing, right? I can type now pretty fast, a lot faster than I can write. If you give me a test and you say, oh, you've got to handwrite this, Wes, I'll be like, oh. But if I could type, you know, I'll be a lot faster. Did you say searching? Absolutely. That is huge. Not, you know, I can't just put in a little search query here and say, you know, here's Where did I talk about... Um, you know, fried chicken. In fact, let me, I'll show you that example. Evernote is free to use, uh, and if you start using images, uh, it'll, like, do things. If you scan a card, like a business card, it will uh, do optical character recognition or OCR, so it'll, like, read in the, the characters. And that kind of stuff uses more um, bandwidth, but I can get my password right today. Maybe I just need to use my username. This is not a website that you have to use or that I am requiring to use, but it's just an example of something I'm going to share with you because the value of this class is hopefully several fold. Hopefully we're going to have a good experience in a, a technology integrated classroom where you just experience different good uses of technology. Um, hopefully the curriculum that we have formally is going to be good to help prepare you, our, our textbook, um, which we're going to talk about, will hopefully be beneficial. Um, but sometimes I find things like this that get mentioned, uh, I end up using and they make a bigger impact on me than, than anything else. So you mentioned searching. This is my Evernote account. I've been using this for a while, so I have 510 notes here about all kinds of things. But just on a real practical level, I love fried chicken. So if I search for chicken, <laughs> I can see every note that I've written. And just uh, the other day, somebody was telling me, if you're ever in Arkansas, you've got to go to AQ Chicken House. Okay? Um, you know, that's, that's a very simple example. But 
being able to do that is incredibly powerful to be able to do that kind of searching. So, what does this mean for you? Well, if you are taking notes and you um, want to take notes in this class, or if you want, because you've got a computer, obviously, all the time in this class, um, you can go to the evernote.com site and you can uh, create a free account and then you create a note. At the time that you create a note, You can choose a notebook that it will go into, so you can organize that, and you can have a, a notebook for your class. Um, I don't think I made a notebook yet for UNT, so I need to uh, create a notebook uh, for this. But when I save these notes, these are going to be saved Can I see the save button? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, these are not only going to be saved for me to access from this computer, but it's also going to be accessed for me to access from any computer. Um, there are free applications for the iPhone, for the Android, for the iPad um, that will let you access your notes. And... Um, this is just a really, really powerful way to be saving your work because, you know, if I just had it on here, guess what? You know, sometime I'm going to spill coffee on this. I'm going to lose this. You know, we went out of town camping and we came back and one of our golden retrievers had chewed up some papers that I had, you know, left. I mean, you never know what's going to happen, right? But when I've got it electronically saved, it's possible for me to get to it. Um, the other thing is, did you notice what I just did when I couldn't see something here? I was lost. What did I do? Yeah. And you know what? As teachers, that's a big thing we tend to fear is, oh, my gosh, I've got to know everything, you know, to use it in front of the students. Um, we are not going to know everything. I do not know everything about technology or about a particular topic or content area, um, but a lot of things we can figure out together, all right? So that's kind of like your, your little bonus of uh, your app, your app for the day. Um, it may not always be an app. Um, I kind of gave you two today. One was the online stopwatch, and the other one was this Evernote, but the Evernote is definitely something that you might consider using right away because... Like I said, there's a lot of power in saving notes in places where I can access them, multiple places, and just like you said, where I can search and being able to, you know, search. I know I, I know I typed in da 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 at one time. Where is it? Wow, it's it's like my brain is now searchable. <laughs> at least the part of my brain that I have, you know, put into this program. So, any comments, questions, thoughts about Evernote? And this is also important, too, is wait time. You and I have probably been in classes where the professor or instructor never gave enough wait time. So that's, how many of you heard discussion about wait time in your classes? It's uncomfortable when you're in front of the class and you're just, like, looking at everybody, you know, waiting. Over time, as we develop rapport in a relationship, it'll be more comfortable, you know, for people to, to speak up. Um, so, question. I'll try and give you good wait time. The questions that you have, though, may not happen to occur to you just at this moment when I say any questions. So we're also going to be providing opportunities for you to ask questions and bring things up at other times, too. 
So, any, com any questions or comments about that? Does anybody use a different note-taking um, program now that you really like, that you have found to be good? You might take notes just like in Microsoft Word. Or, yeah. I mean, I use Word, too. Um, but different possibilities as far as being able to share an archive. I don't know. If, has anybody ever had a hard drive crash? Ever had that happen? See a couple nods. My friend calls that a digital stroke. You don't want to have a digital stroke, especially not having a backup. So having everything backed up can really help. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and, and take a look at the syllabus. And I'm, I'm going to encourage you to thoroughly read this yourself, because I'm sure all of your uh, professors and instructors say. But um, I'll just kind of cover some high points here. And... This, while the syllabus or while the schedule for our class um, is likely to, you know, have a lot of different additions and changes throughout the semester, the syllabus is really kind of locked in place and it's really not going to change. In fact, I have to upload a copy of, of this by Friday um, to the coordinate, Texas Coordinating Board's website so they can take a look and see at the things we're going to do. And um, anyway, this is this is basically not going to change. Um, that phone number does uh, ring directly to my cell. Um, it's actually a, a phone number that's called a Skype out number. Um, one of the things that we're going to talk about privacy today. One of the things that we want to be, you know, aware of is when we disclose our personal information and we put it on the internet. You know, what does that, what effect does that have on our life? Um, one of the things I haven't wanted is to actually put my cell number on the web because I didn't want to get text message spam. Um, I get a lot of email spam. I gets filtered away. But um, anyway, I, I uh, have a little account with Skype. I think I pay $15 four times a year or something like that, uh, like $60 a year. So anyway, I want to uh, encourage you to um, contact me by phone if you need to, uh, especially if it's an emergency or something like that uh, that's come up. Um, I will be putting my North Texas email on, um, but I actually just got all my personnel stuff filed on Thursday, so I don't have all of that stuff. So that is one thing that will be added and, and changed here. Um, now, this is really a horrible font size uh, as far as trying to show um, this to you. And so one of the things, this is just kind of at a, at a basic level, your computer right now has two different web browsers on it. Uh, what are they? Got it. Firefox and Explorer. Okay. So um, how many of you have used Firefox before? So that's pretty good. Um, you may think, wow, that West, that's just so basic. Why would you cover that? I, I talked to librarians maybe six months ago or so. Um, in, that, in that audience, there were people unaware of the fact that there are different web browsers. So you do not have to use Internet Explorer. I uh, tend to like Firefox and Chrome, which is Google's browser a little bit more. But one of the things I love about Firefox is what I'm about to do right now. I'm going to push the, con I'm going to, I guess I could go up to the view menu and I could say zoom, zoom in. Okay, and I could cl just click that repeatedly. But I can also just hold the control key and press plus, and it's going to make that larger. So um, hopefully this is the only part of the class that I'm going to model uh, 
you know, putting up a lot of text on the screen. I'm, I'm a big fan of using images and talking with pictures, and we're going to do that this semester. Uh, but anyway, to kind of go over our, uh, our course, we're going to do that. But know that when you're sharing something on your screen, not only might you want to do that if you're projecting it and showing it to class, but you may want to do it too, just because you want that text to be larger. And if the, the web page we're looking at has images on it, this isn't going to work, but if it has text on it, it will. So, um, how many of you have been out to Discovery Park? Anybody been, been there? I rode the bus from there this morning, so I didn't get lost. I was excited to not get lost. But that's where uh, my office is actually located, and I'll be happy to uh, make an appointment to meet with you on a Tuesday if you want, or on Mondays. We, there's not a class in here again until 1 o'clock. Uh, so we can definitely answer questions and talk about things after class on Mondays as well. Um, I'm actually here on campus Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, um, except for a few weeks that we'll talk about in the schedule when I'm, uh, I've got another commitment. And we'll have, um, there, in some cases, a substitute. In other cases, we'll have an online assignment that won't require you to actually come to class that week. So the beginning part of this syllabus is just the um, consistent stuff that's in everybody's uh, course syllabus. So these 12 topics are the things that are going to be covered in everybody's class. And I think we have 11 sections of this course with eight different instructors. So everybody is going to be covering these topics. But as instructors, we have some freedom to be able to make some different choices with how we teach these, these things. And one of the things that is different is um, I'm going to be using, we're going to be using a program that's called Scratch. Um, it's a free program that it was developed at MIT uh, to help students not only learn programming, but just learning uh, logical reasoning and um, how to solve problems and then how to creatively express themselves. So there are thousands of different projects that students have done, everything from just telling a story, like telling a, a, a book story, to uh, games that they've created. Um, you can see there's 1.2 million projects from around the world. And probably the number one thing I'm most excited about this semester is getting to, to play and learn more about Scratch with you in this class because I have done a little bit with Scratch and with other kinds of programs, but this one is free if uh, you have a chance to work with an after-school program or you just know somebody who's a young person who's interested in computers and stuff. This is an awesome thing to show them because you can go to any of these projects and not only... Uh, play them, you know, actually watch them and see what they're doing, but you can also download them. Um, this was one... This is one that's called um, Music Maker, and so we can... Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't even gone to this one before, but you can see how many views it has, how many people love it, how many people have tagged it, how many people have downloaded it, and you can actually change up the um, you can change up the program. So anyway, that's one thing that we'll be doing differently. I've asked for about six programs to be installed on our computers here, and uh, those are listed on our syllabus, and one of those is Scratch. So anyway, that's one difference. Um, this course has the prerequisite of the uh, Microsoft Office class, and so um, how many of you have taken that class, or did you, did you get a test out of it, or did you take it? Took it? 
So just be aware of that, that that's a prerequisite. Um, and then this is something a little bit different here, too. Uh, you know, a syllabi, a syllabus, we probably look at the first day and we may not go back to a whole lot, um, except as, as it applies to grades. Um, these are the four big ideas that I would say are the summary of what I hope you'll get out of our class. Number one, how to share your ideas. Number two, how to create media. Number three, how to collaborate with others. And four, how to craft and maintain our own digital footprint. And that's going to be our, our main topic to talk about today is what is a digital footprint, why should we be concerned about it, and how does that relate, you know, to technology and to the things that we're going to be doing in this class. Um, so you can go ahead and read through the classroom etiquette um, stuff. Basically, um, as I already mentioned, um, if you've got to take a call and it's an emergency, you know, just try to minimize the distraction, uh, disruption that that makes. Um, this is a big deal in, in schools today, and what I hope to do in our class and encourage you to do in your class, too, is to encourage that culture of mutual respect when it comes to electronic distractions. Man, it is hard to pay attention to somebody for, like, ten minutes, much less an hour of, of time. So that's why I'm very happy that our class is not a three-hour class. Do any of you have friends that are in the three-hour version of this class? Most of the sections are. I think it's a really good thing for us to break it up because um, hopefully it will minimize the amount of lecture that we have and give us more time to process the different you know, things that we're going to talk about. Um, so I'm going to, to attempt to have us turn in everything electronically uh, in this class. One of the ways that's great is it will time and date stamp exactly when things are turned in. So there's not a question about, well, I remember I turned that in at such and such. You know, the, the website will, will actually log that for us. And um, it also gives us both flexibility. You don't have to, you know, be here in the class to turn that assignment in, and at the same time, I don't have to be in the class to receive your assignment and to grade it. It's not to say we're all going to go online after today. We're not, but it gives us some, some flexibility there. Um, for late work, I'm going to um, ask you to complete it after class and turn it in as a late assignment. Um, as you'll see a little bit later, late assignments can earn a maximum of uh, 80%. Last semester, I had 50 students in the same class at the University of Central Oklahoma, and my mistake was giving people so much flexibility with deadlines that lots of people procrastinated till the end of the semester, and I had like four students taken incomplete. I thought, oh, yeah, that was really nice of me to give everybody flexibility. So uh, I will work with you when things happen in your life, and I recognize that they will, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm learning about teaching, too. I've, you know, been a teacher for 15 or so years, but we're always learning new things. And one of the things that I learned was that if I don't have um, pretty firm deadlines, then we tend to procrastinate too much. So hopefully we're not going to have to print, uh, but if you do, please print before or after class. And that kind of takes care of, of, of those issues. Let's talk a little bit about privacy and confidentiality. Um, and let me give you a chance to share something with the neighbor. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Um, share with somebody something you know about something that's happened on Facebook or MySpace or some other website that has been potentially embarrassing to somebody. You may have just heard about this, uh, or you may have seen it. It may be a relative, uh, somebody that you know. But do you know about anything that has occurred on a social media website 
that was embarrassing or somebody might have wished that that, you know, that incident did not happen. Okay, you have 30 seconds. Talk to your neighbor. Well, or like, it could be, my cousin, I was 15, just like updated his Facebook, or uh, yeah, his Facebook profile page with like him in front of the mirror with his shirt off, which I don't think he considers to be embarrassing, but he's not thinking about, <laughs> I mean, um, um, all the implications of that, probably for his future. Is that really? Did I do that for 30 seconds? Did I really do that for 30 seconds? Okay, that went way too fast. Anybody want to share? You don't have to say any names. I didn't even give you a chance to share. I'm sorry. I should have given us more than 30 seconds. Was that too quick? Anybody want to want to share a... Sure. My wife just got on Facebook like two weeks ago, and the one picture that was there was tagged by her dad um, at the retirement committee when she was there. And it wasn't a horrible picture, but she's kind of leaning over, and she's not, you know, just she didn't really like the picture. And yeah, so like the first thing that she runs into at Facebook is this picture of her that she's like, I don't want that. So anybody else have something that's happened or you've seen? That's right. So photos of, you know, kids drinking at parties, um, drug use, uh, doing things they shouldn't be doing. Uh, there are different examples of those, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that today. The purpose of this paragraph is to say, um, and I probably need to set a time for ourselves. So it's like by the top of the hour, I am not having us set up our stuff on our blog. I'm going to give us try to give us 20 minutes to do that. Um, feel free to say, well, it's 12 o'clock. Um, you do not have to use your real name for anything you're going to publish on the open web in this class. Um, we're going to be using a private Moodle site, and we'll get set up in that next week. When we submit our grades or our assignments and you get your grades, all that stuff's private. It's all password protected. Today we're going to set up a blog site that if other people would want to come and see, they could. And so if you want to use an alias or a different name, you can. One of the things I want to encourage you to think about is um, how do you do this? When people go to the web and they go to Google and they put in your name, how do you take control of that? How do you get your page up there first, or at least in the first you know, few hits, so that when people click on that, it's something you want them to see, not something you don't? Uh, this is a real practical thing, because all of you are going to apply for jobs, and I would almost bet money <laughs> that you will be Googled at some point by people who will interview you. 
that may be at the school district level, but more likely the campus level when they're interviewing. Okay, let's just see. You know, what did what, what do we find that the West has? It'd be really good for them to be able to find a professional, you know, website that reflects you and the things that you've done, your uh, background, experiences, and the things that you know how to do with technology. It can be a real positive thing versus a negative thing. So, um, in terms of requirements and grading. Plan to spend time each week outside of class. Um, the standard is to say you spend two to three hours outside of class. I'm going to say it's probably going to be for this class about one to one. So if we're in class for an hour and a half, about an hour and a half of work. Okay. If you're spending an inordinate amount of time, like five hours, you know, for one uh, one class period, uh, contact me and let me know. Um, we're going to have three tests and then six assignments as well as a final project in this class. And I'll take your two highest exams. If you're happy with the first two we take, you don't need to take the final. Um, and some of those questions on the final are going to be things like, um, you know, share the link to your reflection about such and such. So they're going to actually refer back in some cases to some uh, in-class assignments and things that we've done. Um, I would encourage you to keep track of your practice exercises and the things that we do. And one of the things that we will uh, learn how to do is to create a website where you'll be able to link those things. And I'm, I'm going to encourage you to do that in your own name and to claim it and to be proud of it. Say, hi, I'm Wes Fryer, and this is my professional portfolio site, and these are some of the things that I've done. Because that is the kind of site you probably want people to find when they Google for you. They may find the other pictures that are tagged, and we'll talk about those kinds of things. But... Um, Basically, this is how the weighting uh, breaks down for the class. Um, we'll have, uh, again, three exams. We're going to have five assignments. You may not know what a pachaca is, but we'll find out next week. It's basically a 20-minute presentation, or not 20-minute. It's a 20-slide presentation um, where uh, you just get 20 seconds per slide to uh, talk, and that's going to be a, a presentation assignment that we're going to have. Um, we're going to do one a, a Google Map assignment. It's a geomap. We're going to do a storytelling project. Uh, probably using VoiceThread. I'm going to show you how to do a screencast. We're going to be doing uh, weekly blog reflections. We're going to do the Scratch project. And then the, the big portfolio is a linked page that's going to have the different things that you've done in this class as well as possibly other classes that you can use as a professional portfolio. This is a big difference from the other classes. The other classes are going to have all the students design a thematic unit and create that unit. And... Um, we're at different stages as far as who's a junior, who's a senior, who's a sophomore, but I think that it will benefit you more to experience lessons that are well integrated and then show what you've learned how to do rather than try to come up with right now your own thematic unit. So that's a difference from what I've done before. We'll see. And then class attendance and all that is 10%. Um, so there's grades. How many of you have gotten your textbook? How many of you thought your textbook was so cheap it was just awesome? I didn't either. <laughs> uh, who thinks they paid the most for their textbook? Anybody pay over $100? How much was it? Yeah. 
40? Okay. It likes retails for like 80 or something like that. One of my goals is to make this extremely valuable to you so that you're happy that you've made that investment this semester. Um, however, we're not going to just be limited to um, these materials. You're not going to have a reading assignment in the textbook until after Labor Day, but please try to get this if you haven't already. Um, the assignment that we'll do next week is online, and it's not going to require um, you to... to um, by the textbook. I highly encourage you, in fact, it's on there as a required material, to bring a, a thumb drive. A lot of stuff we'll save is going to be on the internet. It's not going to be, you know, saved on a file, but some things will. So these computers, by the way, when you restart them, erase everything that we've changed. So don't restart your computer until you've saved your file on your um, USB thumb drive. And I'm amazed how much, you know, cheaper these things are. I think I've seen Radio Shack like four gigabyte for eight bucks, you know, ten bucks. How big do you need? I mean, one or two gigs is probably fine. You don't need to go out and invest a lot of money, but this is definitely a good idea to bring. Um, I recommend... Uh, and you don't have to do this, but if you get some kind of a microphone to record audio, that would be helpful. Um, I will teach you how to use a cell phone to record onto the Internet so you don't have to, to use the uh, microphone, but that's helpful. Um, you don't have to use a cell phone, but um, I'm going to show you here in a minute how you can get updates. Um, and I'm not going to spam you with, like, tons of messages. I think I sent out 11 messages total last semester to my classes when I used this. But it's a way for, like, if something happens like, hey, I just had a wreck and we're not going to go to class, I will send a text message that will go to everybody and say, no class today, I'm sorry, I've had a wreck. <laughs> Hopefully you won't get that message. But I'll also send out some reminders um, about deadlines and some other things like that. It's just a nice, handy way to, again, not spam you with lots of messages, but to be able to get important um, announcements and messages. Um, if you want to bring your personal laptop, there's a suggestion for uh, some of the programs that we'll be using um, that you can install. If you want to, you're welcome to bring that. Um, I recommend you have internet wherever you live, um, high speed. You don't have to have an iPad or an iPhone or an Android phone or anything like that, but I am going to show different apps, and um, you know, if you have access to something like that, then that may be something for you to utilize as well. So that is about it. Um, make sure you take a look at information on dropping a course. My goal is that no one is going to want to drop this course. You're going to be so excited uh, about all the wonderful things that you're going to learn in here that you're not going to want to miss a minute. But um, I do seriously want to let you know that there's not such a thing as a silly question or a stupid question. I am doing the best that I can this semester to try and not overwhelm with too much information. If you go into the course from last semester, which is, which is up online, I mean, you can see it, um, you, you'll be able to see that I was giving a lot more information and even a lot more assignments, you know, every week. This is the, it's, we called it technology for teachers at UCO. Um, so I'm trying to do a better job, um, just like we all are, of, of uh, teaching and, and learning. So I talk too long, and that's probably one of my, my big flaws is I, I talk too much. And so as I look at the clock, we've got about five minutes. So what I want to do, we have 25 minutes till class is over, but five minutes till I want us to be able to, to do some uh, reflection. On our website, I have uh, linked here something that says digital footprints. And 
I'm going to be creating little topical pages like this about different um, subjects we'll be discussing in class. And this one has seven different posts and a couple different videos that talk about digital footprints. The New York Times this last week ran this article. And it's called Social Networking Your Way to a New Job. And so it's talking about how important it is that people utilize social networks and utilize the Internet in a positive way to be able to influence folks that are hiring them. And there are definitely some uh, examples that we can look at out there where people are, uh, you know, doing, making some, in some cases, making some silly choices, but in others, you know, things are happening that cause those photos that got tagged with them, you know, to be used in their job interview as, as, they're, um, as they're being interviewed. So what I'm going to have you do as your assignment for today is to take a look at some of these posts and, um, at le and, and the other video. I'm going to play one of the videos for you, and then you can take a look at um, the other video and, and uh, reflect on it. And I want you to think about uh, digital footprints. I've got this written up. But let me go ahead and uh, play this video. This is called Digital Dossier. Um, when you play a video like this for... When you play a video like this in class, uh, number one, YouTube may or may not be available at your school. And we're going to talk about ways that you can get YouTube... Uh, videos downloaded to your computer so that you know, you know, you're not dependent upon having access to the actual website. But the other thing is, I went ahead and started to play it, kind of came up loud, and that's always a good thing to do. Uh, our internet's nice and fast here, but it depends, especially in the afternoon. In schools, a lot of times it's slower. So we're going to take a look at this video, and I want you to think about this concept of digital footprints. What does it mean, and um, how does this relate to you as a, as, a, as a teacher, as a teacher candidate, and the students that you're going to be teaching? Just about all of us have a digital but many of us have no idea what it even is. Your update is the accumulation of all the digital tracks you leave behind. And this accumulation did not just start last week, month, or even a year. It started before you were even born. The line between your digital dossier and your identity is constantly shifting. One way to see the implication of this movement is to imagine how information grows into the child of the child mistake. Let's call him Andy. The first entry into Andy's file occurs while he's still five months into the womb. It is a sonogram, probably framed by his parents or even forwarded via email to their closest relatives. The same picture will also be copied in Andy's hospital folder, and it's a file for the pediatrician who will take over after birth. As the new baby grows, so do the number of items in his digital file. Andy's barcoded bracelet lists facts like gender, time of birth, surname, and more. Friends and family will come to meet the baby, bring gifts, and take more photos, probably with phones or digital cameras. These photos are then also uploaded to other Flickr or Facebook albums as part of the welcoming process. Andy's parents will use their phones to spread the news with SMS text messages, saying something along the lines of healthy baby boy, born 6 pounds at 5.30 p.m. 
friends will also post some Flickr feeds, which will conveniently contain multitudes of Andy's pictures. This process of capturing and spreading pictures will continue for Andy's entire life, with pictures of the first time Andy sits, stands, walks, and talks. As Andy grows, he will now be able to independently share information about himself. He registers as a user on Neopets, where he fills out his name, age, birthday, and other details. Half of the blanks may not be even necessary to fill out, but Andy does not notice the significance of the asterisks as described at the bottom of the page. And so, Andy grows bigger, taller, and broader, and with him grows his digital dossier. As an adolescent, he is sucked into Facebook, where he posts pictures, videos, and information about his likes and dislikes. Facebook, in turn, deposits cookies into his web browser, tracking his activities. He signs up for a Gmail account and regularly uses Google to research for information needed in school assignments. Google, in turn, keeps tabs on all the searches Andy makes from his IP address. In college, he buys books from Amazon, which asks for his mailing address and credit card number. Andy's credit card company adds even more details to his dossier. The date, time, location, and price of every purchase he makes. And as Andy moves around, the GPS in his cell phone enables his service provider to know where he is and how many times he has been there recently. He is also filmed by surveillance cameras whenever he walks into secured college buildings. When Andy gets married, his dossier expands to encompass all the information about his wife, and they start a weblog together to share their thoughts and opinions online. Together they compile shell upon shell of digital tracks, files that are recorded and stored under their names. And when Andy has his first baby, aptly named Andy Jr., the cycle is started all over again. These data points, some publicly accessible, others safeguarded to various degrees by companies and agencies that collect and store this data, make Andy's identity as it forms, even before he himself begins to shape it. And Andy's digital dossier will even grow after that. Photos or videos of the funeral, RIP messages on Emerson Messenger, or his Facebook status posts. Andy probably never knew how large his dossier was. How aware are you of the tracks you leave behind? Want to learn more about your digital dossier? Let me, uh, we'll do more than 30 seconds. Let me, let me give you a minute and a half to uh, respond with your neighbor about that video. What did you think? Go. It does. I mean, this really, you know, kind of puts the negative. Yeah, right. I just like, it's nothing compared to like an actual, like, what is it, economical footprint or whatever it is. Like, what's that? Where, like, our resource to use and, like, that kind of thing. Which I guess it is, but it's just like, I don't care if people see my shit. Right. I don't have any incriminating stuff, so it's just like, I don't care. Right, right. I don't feel like my digital, I mean, 
famous in the world in some way, like outside of myself? I mean, I think they're trying to, to get people to really think about the privacy side of that and how much information you're giving away. Um, and I know from a marketing standpoint, you know, companies want that so they can target, you know, the ads and that kind of stuff at you. But I agree that this, this one is like the mood is so yeah. like it's dark yeah I don't know but it's just like if you know anything about the internet then you know like what websites are secure and what websites are not so as long as you're careful I just don't feel like that that big of a deal well I think uh, kids tend to share more than they should in some cases and so it's new that the things that we would normally just like share with our friends suddenly get you know this wider audience and stuff like that so okay anybody want to share something their neighbor said or something they said about this one yeah like the whole tone of it was very you know just we're going to talk about digital storytelling but the the whole music was was that way but what it, what a content you said it was scary. One five. Privacy is really different today. We do have choices, though, about what we share. How many of you are on Facebook as a show of hands? Okay. So that's almost everybody. Remember, you and I are not the customers of Facebook. Who's Facebook's customers? The companies that pay for advertising, right? We're providing them with what they use to sell to, to marketers. But we're not paying for our Facebook accounts. We're actually not the customers. So uh, what I want you to respond to this for today's assignment. And the other video that's uh, on here that I'm not going to show you, but I want you to take a look at, it's also short. It's less uh, time. It's only 3 minutes and 40 seconds. It is linked here. Um, it's called Reputation Management and Digital Footprints. And this is another one that uh, another teacher, in this case a teacher, has created um, on this particular topic. You know, we've only got an hour and 20 minutes in here on Mondays and Wednesdays where we can talk. And so one of the ways that we're going to extend our opportunity to, to talk and discuss is by using a classroom blog. So on our schedule for today, uh, when I click on schedule, it has the assignment listed here. And you can also go here to assignments because I'm going to basically uh, list things twice. I'm going to just break the assignments down here. Um, and then under the, under the schedule, you'll be able to, to link to those as well. So um, I guess I didn't. Uh, and I need, to, I need to change a link because I, I went ahead and made just like a, I have a topical link on digital footprints. I made one for classroom blogging. Um, there are a lot of different places where we can blog and where we can post information. Has anybody here already have their own blog that they've set up somewhere? So a few of you do. Last semester, I had all my students just set up a site on Blogger. Um, one of the challenges of that is, first off, if everyone sets up a different Blogger account, I can find out where that is, right? Because we're all in different places. And we managed that and did that. Another thing about Blogger is it tends to be blocked in a lot of schools. 
and um, we're going to talk about content filtering and those kinds of issues. What I have set up for our class uh, this semester is a website on, um, or a blog site on a, a page called 21 Classes. And so what I would like for you to do now, and we've got about 12 minutes here before end of our class, is you're going to want to link to this page. Um, you can get there from our assignments page or from the schedule page. And over here on the right, it says click here to sign up. So right now, until we get, every, hopefully we'll get everybody um, signed in and, and logged in. Um, oops, let me. Yeah, yours is going to look like that because you haven't logged in yet. Once you've logged in, you'll be able to log in as a registered user. You should be able to say click here to sign up and then go ahead and um, put your information in um, with the password that you want to use. This site is going to let us do a couple things. All of you are going to get your own blog that you're going to be able to post to, and you're going to be able to post your reflections. It's also going to let us readily see each other's posts. Because what I'm going to ask you to do for your assignment today is write a reflection about some of those digital footprint uh, posts and um, the, the two videos. And then also comment on um, things that two classmates have, uh, have written. So once you sign up, I think it's going to ask you to check your email and to verify your email address. And by doing that, uh, and this, and what I'd like you to use, hopefully, for this is that, you know, the email that you want to check for this class. You may have a Yahoo account, and that's the one that you want to use. Fine, use it. Um, and, you know, if you use your, your Eagle Mail, um, that's the one you want. You know, use the address that you want to use for this course. Um, it's going to allow us to have a, a classroom space where all of our account information, all of our, uh, our content is, is basically collected or aggregated in the same spot. Oh, really? Okay, good call. So, yeah, I think I mistakenly um, didn't put in what that last blank is. Why don't you go ahead and just put in down here in this last blank um, what your goal is to teach, like what grade level. If you've got a content area, you know, I know I want to be a kindergarten teacher. I know I want to teach eighth grade English. Um, so thanks for raising that. And when I set this up, it gave me choices, and I, and I, I guess I checked the last box that says require that. So if you put that in, does it let you sign up? Okay, cool. I will try and get in there and... Uh, add that as the note to the side so people will know what that extra information is. <clears throat> I've used different um, blog environments. And um, anyway, this is a new one for me to use. I actually am paying $8 a month um, to use this one. On our website where we talk about blogs, um, I've got a couple links to some other ones. Uh, the one that 
if you, like, if you know someone who's a classroom teacher right now, especially an elementary person, uh, this is the one I almost used to set up for, for our class. It's called kidblog.org. It's completely safe. There's no advertising. And unlike Blogger and other sites, it is set up specifically for classes. And so you can, in this case, set up your class without students having an email address, which is a big deal, definitely, when we're talking about younger students. Um, that may not have their own email address. Or their parents may not want them to be using the email address. Yes? Okay. So I will, I will uh, log in and confirm your registrations. Um, and I'll, you can kind of see how this portal looks for me. So... Ooh, and I've got to make sure we do the text messaging thing. So when you log in, it'll be a little bit, a little bit different. But here it says there's new members in my portal, so I go to my member management page, and then wow, you guys are so awesome. Look how fast you are. Um, I wonder, because there's not a way to check all these together. So. This is called gatekeeping. There's different ways that you get to gatekeep information on a website, meaning that you get to check it. And the last thing anybody wants when they're using a website with students is to have some kind of, you know, big problem happen where, oh, my gosh, you know, we have this class website and, you know, there's profanity on it or, you know, so-and-so you know, just left a mean comment for so-and-so. Um, so we'll be talking about that as far as how to moderate and, and uh, gatekeep information so that we can hopefully avoid bad stuff happening. All right, so all of you should now be approved, and you may need to, uh, you may need to check your email. Did it, did it give you a message that said check your email to verify? Okay. So, once we've set up our pages, I think over here on the side, it's going to allow us to go to each other's uh, blogs and each other's pages. Down here below on recent posts, this is our assignment for today, which is our digital footprints reflection. Remember, uh, you do not have to be using your full name when you are posting here. Um, I would encourage you to do that, but part of the reason we're reflecting on this is to talk about those different issues. You know, what would be the benefit? What would be the, the drawback? So this assignment asks you to uh, visit and view some of the resources on that Digital Footprints resource page and then write a post here sharing some of your own reflections. Now, I'm not being real specific like this. I want it to be a five-paragraph essay, and you're going to have three main body paragraphs, and each one's going to have five sentences of elaboration. I mean, we're not going to go there for this one. It's pretty open. Sometimes you'll want to be that way when you give an assignment. You'll want to be more specific and prescriptive. Um, for this assignment, I want us to think about this, but getting everyone on our site, getting everybody posting, and then replying is really our goal. Yes, Junk mail. Yeah, check your junk, check your junk mail to see if you didn't get that, um, and if um, hopefully we'll get everybody 
confirmed and logged in so that we'll, you'll be able to, to post it here. This is a good example. If you have a problem where, you know, it didn't, it didn't send it or, you know, you, you just simply can't get on there, I'm delighted. You're my only class. I don't have 50. I have 24. So that's a great thing. So um, I'm less reticent to say, sure, call me, you know, because you, you're, you're my one class this semester. So I want you to write that post, and then I'd like you to comment on at least two of your classmate posts um, before Wednesday, before we come in. So that's basically that's basically the assignment um, for this time. Um, the last things I've got on here are to read the syllabus and then to sign up for our text marks channel. So let me talk about that because I mentioned uh, cell phone notification, and let's let's talk about what what that is. So there's a website, and I wish this was free, but it's actually so good that I'm I'm willing to pay like what is it? it this is a, this is I think ten ten dollars a month too, but this is the one that I've used called TextMarks. Does UNT do this too? Like when there's a cancellation of classes or something, do they have a text message way they can send out an eagle alert? Cool. I think this is so powerful, right? Because if you've got a cell phone and you're willing, again, this is optional. You don't have to sign up for this. But I think this is a, a great thing to be able to have that, this kind of capability to do. Um, it is, there are ways to send out free text messages. And I, we ought to probably explore some of those um, this semester. But here is, here's how you can sign up for this. At the top of our page, we've got our schedule, syllabus, all this stuff. I have this link that says resources. And I'm going to be listing our topic resources like I have for today on digital footprints and blogging up there at the top. But then I've got our course communication tools. And the um, one that we're using right now, obviously, is this website. And we've set up our blog. If you will put your cell phone number into this red box and then say subscribe, what happens is the, the website TextMarks is going to send you a text message and say reply Y with the letter Y to confirm. So you won't, this is so that you don't subscribe somebody that doesn't want to be, you know, subscribed to this channel. You've got to confirm it on your phone. But it will actually send you a message and then you will just type the letter Y. It will give you that as an instruction. I haven't even turned on the document camera, so I don't know if I can successfully. Do this or not. I'm going to have to get a little tutorial from somebody on how to use the document camera. So. Anyway, it'll just say subscribe to UNTCIC, reply Y to join, and then if you just put in a Y, um, then you'll, you'll be subscribed. Any questions about that? Yes? Okay, did you check on your, um, your junk mail for your email account? Okay, did anybody else not get that? 
email? Okay. Everyone who used Yahoo didn't get it, huh? Well, what I might go ahead and do is, is there a link that says resend the message? What I probably, what I did on this uh, account was I said, under sign-up settings, I said registration requires clicking a link in the email. So I'm going to uncheck that and save that. It's usually a good idea to do that to make sure that you got your email right. But since I've changed that now, you can read, if, if, if you try to log into the site, so go ahead and, and try to log into our, our class site. If you can't log in, go ahead and register again. Just make real sure you get your email uh, correct. Is that, what's that? Ooh, my, my Yahoo account is blocked. When you try to log in, it says it is? Hmm. Did you click the, uh, the link or whatever to the confirmation? So does everybody have that message that says you're, you're blocked? And you got yours logged in. Did you did you click your link though in your email? I didn't get an email. I, oh, I, that's I tried to do um, a reconfirm, you know, to send it. Right. And it still hasn't done it. It's spam or inbox. Did you use Yahoo? No. Okay. No. All right. So if you use a Yahoo account and that didn't work, go ahead and re-register since I took that requirement off. Um, I don't know. I'm open to other suggestions too. Yes. Uh huh. A post on yours, right? It'll 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 be a, a post for you, and then you'll leave two comments for two other people. They are going to appear on the front and the sidebar. It'll have a it'll have a link, and you'll be able to link to those. Okay? Yes. I'm not going to do a requirement, so I just want you to take a look at a couple of those things and like write a paragraph or something. So it doesn't have to be a long five-paragraph essay. All right, so we are officially finished. If you'd like to troubleshoot your account and you have some time, I will be happy to come up here and we'll take a look at it, and I bet we can individually go in and approve. So if you just got that message that says you're blocked, um, I'll be happy to help you troubleshoot that.